Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 1235 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer at Rogers Place. Game 2, the Oilers and the LA Kings tonight. Puck drop just after 8.15. We will tell you the guests on the show receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Brian Lawton joins us from the NHL Network for Cadian Custom Built Homes. Check out the Cadian Show Home, the Juliet, in Sherwood Park Golf Estates. For more information, head to CadianCustomHomes.com. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. You caught me cutting some video, but not for Edmonton, L.A., for Toronto and Tampa. All right. Uh, well, where do we want to start here? Uh well, you know, this show is called Oilers now. So we're going to start with the, uh, the the Oilers and the Kings, and we'll circle back because I want to talk also about Pittsburgh and the Rangers last night as well as uh, Tampa and Toronto. Uh, you obviously watched the Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings. What would you assess you saw in game number one? I saw a Kings team that played better than I thought they would. I saw a team that has a very repeatable structure. Um it was as advertised. I thought the Kings were dominant. I never have to worry when I do Edmonton radio because the fans always know exactly what's going on. I saw a team that was pretty dominant, five on five. Yeah. And that really was the difference. The fact that Deneau's line came up with seven points, he played 22 minutes. I did not see that coming. I expect him to be able to potentially shut down elite players on other teams as he did last year in the playoffs, but... I don't expect him to contribute uh, the way that line did. Trevor Moore was terrific. I follow last-minute change was also tremendous. Um, it was impressive. L.A. was very, very impressive in that game. Yeah, uh, Kings were the better team, 5-on-5. Five five. Edmonton got to, off to a very tepid start. It started the opening shift when they got a free look 15 seconds into the game. That said, Edmonton did rally, and they had lots of chances. Uh, themselves. Uh, Mike Smith turns the puck over. He stopped the initial foray, and then the secondary sequence, uh, they got a puck past them. What does Edmonton need to do differently tonight? Well, first off, in regards to that part, I mean, Mike Smith, he knows better, but yet it's in his DNA to come up with big plays. He really, truly, if he were uh, playing a different sport, uh, I would always cons- consider Smitty a big play guy. 
that was just ill-advised at that time. Because as well as L.A. was playing, I still felt that that game had gone to overtime. Edmonton would have won it. So you don't want to give it away. And unfortunately, in that particular case, a veteran player makes a bonehead play, and it costs them the game. That happens. He'll respond. He's played great. Uh, Smitty has a lot of currency with his teammates. He does provide a lot of cover back there for his D. But he's he knows better than to make that decision. So uh, what does Edmonton need to do differently tonight? I think they need to play better five-on-five five than they showed. They've got to be prepared to play a lower event game and win games that way. Their special teams were very good in the first game, and they have the potential to be as good as anybody in these playoffs. But they've got to be willing to let the game come to them just a little bit more. Josh Archibald uh, is going to play tonight. The Oilers are going to go 12-6. and six. He's going to be on a line of Nugent, Hopkins, and Ryan, and then the Oilers are going to have McLeod with Fogle and Cassian. And I think this is done partially to uh, balance the five-on-five five minutes out. I know that Jay Woodcroft alluded to that. He also hinted to the, hey, well, wait a sec here. Everybody's focused on Paul Yarvey only playing. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he specified Paul Yarvey, but the Kings had three guys that played under eight minutes in that game, including Byfield at 533. Lemieux only played 259. Um, you know, Archibald won a cup in Pittsburgh. He's going to get a chance to play a playoff game. Sounds like, well, now we know he's going to be traveling as well with the special exemption. Can Edmonton go deeper in their lineup than Los Angeles? They can, and it needs to become an advantage. I did not like the 25-plus minutes Connor McDavid played in game one of the playoffs. Uh, I I know that he's the superstar on the team. I understand that. I get that. But you got to be prepared when you enter these series to win in seven games. And to me, that's a little aggressive right out of the gate. You've got to get other guys involved. Um, Edmonton has worked hard to create depth so that their bottom six players can play. And really their job is just to try to generate momentum, not get scored on, and at times kill the clock. That's And they have the players that can do that. They've got to be in the rotation. They've got to allow the guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl to not be overplayed. You have to think more global, big picture here. Well, I know you got to beat the team right in front of you, but it, it's got to be more thought in it than, than what I saw in game one. 25-33 for McDavid, 25-41 for Andrzej Kopitar, who's 34. Uh, Dreisaitl, that shocked me. That shocked you. Dreisaitl played 22-33, and Deneau played 22-45. So basically the top two centers for the teams played almost identical minutes. Now, um, Dreisaitl worked his way up in the face-off circle because the Oilers got killed in the first period in a bit. Leon finished the game at 50%. Deneau went 52. Kopitar went 55. Uh, Byfield didn't even take a face-off in the game in the six minutes that he played. Uh, and then Lazat came in at 45%. Nuge has got to do better. That's that's a guy. It's interesting. We're going to circle back to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Brian. We've talked a lot about him. You know, the negotiation with Rick Vallette, what was appropriate. Um Edmonton fans love Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He and Yessa Pugliarvi are kind of like sacred cows in this market. You're, you know, you're not supposed to say anything. Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be the first to tell you he's got to impact the game more than he did the other night, five on five. He does because he really is the difference. LA strategy is not sustainable if you get in a long series. And Edmonton should be focused on one series at a time. Let's make this a long series. For the first time in a long time, Edmonton can roll out 
some bottom six players that should give them an advantage. I don't care if they if they want to play Kopitar and to know those minutes every night. Let them. Let them get more quality minutes out of your star players. Get everybody involved in the game, and grind the Kings the way they grind teams. If you want to beat them, that's what you need to do. And you cannot let Dino's line go off the way they did. Seven points yeah. from those three players. That just. Uh, but that was an anomaly. That was. I honestly believe that was the Kings' best. But Edmonton has to not get wrapped up in. We're going to play Drysdale and McDavid so many minutes. You, you got to play the long game if you want to go on a deep run. This test, so, and you got to have a confidence you're going to get it done. So I, I expect a different game from Edmonton tonight. I really do. All right, uh, Brian. This text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line in the "What Have You Done for Me Lately?" school. Jay Woodcroft, who had a 7.24 winning percentage, taken over. Archibald should have been in game one, says the texter. Woodcroft has made some of the same mistakes as Tippett. Oilers put very little importance in toughness and checking. Those two things beat talent every time in the playoffs. Well, I think part of the reason they went 11-7 and seven was for Darnell Nurse. Archibald is in for game two. Are you a little bit surprised that he's in, given how little he's played this year? I am a little bit surprised. I'm not on the ground. I'm not watching him practice, but for as little games as he was able to play this season. It is shocking. Okay. Let's, uh, let's switch focus now to the other series. Calgary last night against Dallas. They sucked. They got the first goal and sucked the life out of that hockey game. I'm sorry. That was and, – and some might call that a – well, you know, it was a strong defensive uh, uh, performance by uh, Calgary – it's a horrible matchup for me uh, for Dallas. I mean, Dallas has got one really good line. The problem is Calgary's top line is as good as any line in the league this year. Um, and they, Markstrom, we all know he was the goalie the Oilers targeted. It came down Edmonton and Calgary. He chose Calgary. Huge part of their – they missed the playoffs last year. People forget that. But he had a huge bounce back this year. It was pretty impressive last night from the Flames, wasn't it? It was really impressive. And Daryl Sutton knows how to win in the playoffs. That was as low event a game as you'll see. Yep. A lot of people had already commented to me that they couldn't believe that Calgary didn't open it up a little more. Daryl Sutter is very comfortable to win one nothing. This is not the regular season. You know, and there's some teams already struggling that played that way in the regular season early. Florida comes to mind. Couldn't lock down a game they shouldn't should have won. Minnesota had so many comebacks during the regular season. You've got to get in the mindset to play a certain way. Um, Calgary and Daryl Sutter have been a revelation this year, what they've been able to do. I think Daryl's going to be very content to not – he doesn't need to win how Colorado's beating Nashville. He just needs to win the game. And that's a really strong mentality for this time of year. If it's ugly, it's ugly. He's just fine with that. So I was impressed with uh, Calgary. It wasn't the easiest game to watch, but they got the win. They were professional about it. They played physical. And uh, Dallas is a team that's comfortable in those types of games. But Dallas will never beat Calgary in a seven-game series. I'm with you. Playing that exact way. I, I'm with, they, they look long of the tooth. Like Ben and Sagan do not, you know, five or six years ago, they're two of the best players in the world. They're not the same guys anymore. They do have, you know, obviously a great season from Pavelski. Uh, but, and, and who knew that the Austrian assassin's name uh, was Michael Ralph? <laughs> 
because he won that fight. <laughs> I don't, like, and I'd, I'd heard before that he, uh, him and Vanek didn't necessarily see eye to eye, and, um, and and the money was on raffle with a lot of the Austrian guys. He's, he's, but uh, anyhow, it was, that was pretty interesting because Kachuk started, and I don't know about you, but it kind of looked like raffle ended it to me. He got some good left hands in. Um, so I thought Edmonton, you know, the Oilers game against L.A. and and obviously the Penguins game against the Rangers were, the, you know, the, the the best games of the opening uh, games of the series. Great theater last night. Um, were you surprised that Pittsburgh had the shot clock advantage in that uh, in that game against uh, Shesterkin and the Rangers? I was, I was, but Mike Sullivan. You know, when you watch the coaches, his team played really well this year for all the injuries they went through. They went through a lot of different stages when they played different ways. He came out last night and he tried some of those different strategies. At one point, he was in a straight 1-2-2, and the four-checker was not going past the top of the circle. Eventually, the Rangers solved that. It didn't go well. He made the adjustments he needed to. He can push the button and get that team going north-south or hold them back east-west. It's his control over his team and understanding of everybody and the reps that they got throughout the year that I think give them an advantage in that series. Uh, overall, Shesterkin was amazing. Um, I do not think that that was a good goal, personally. I thought that Capo uh, had just drifted too low and did not get enough contact with Dumoulin to say he was shoved into the Smith. So I like that call. I thought it was the right one. Um, that's going to be a good series, though. The Rangers have a good team. They're right there knocking on the door. I don't know if they'll get it done. There's a little weakness. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. In their D when things break down. Um, but that was still a pretty level game, and either team could have won at the end of the day. Brian Lawton joining us for Acadian Custom Built Homes. Brian, you mentioned you're doing video Tampa Bay and Toronto. Yeah. Simple I would, video. I was shocked. Tampa Bay's power play was a house on fire in the final quarter of the season, and they stunk the joint out in the first 10 minutes of that game, seven minutes of power play. They lost the game on the five-minute major on the Clifford call because Toronto outchanced them. Did you pick up anything in the video work that says that this might be sustainable for the Leafs? Not sustainable. I picked up what Tampa did wrong. First of all, Kucherov had one of his worst games in the last three or four years. He was just completely out of it. He was discombobulated. It happens even to great players. But that team was obstinate in terms of dumping the puck in. 
and Toronto read it. It took till the third period for Tampa to make any adjustments, and they got snuffed out at the offensive blue line time and time again by Toronto having a really tight box. Let's not forget Gene Ch- Dean Chanel, who worked with Carolina last year and ran a, a very good PK there, has joined Toronto and done a really nice job for them. The Leafs were dialed in. I even went back and looked at the Leafs uh, not too long ago. They beat New Jersey with a couple shorthanded goals in that game. They're doing a great job of stopping people at the offensive blue line and transitioning with their speed. And it was really effective against the Lightning. The Lightning, John Cooper, first time I've ever seen him really get outcoached. He did not make the adjustments on the fly. He needed to. That will change. Tampa will win tonight. A little bit of human nature will hurt Toronto, as that was a very, very big win for them in the opening matchup. What did you think of, now we didn't see because, uh, and I don't know what happened down in the States, but we didn't see all the video. Um, So Maroon goes after Riley, and then Riley ends up with Ruta. They were trying to get at Simmons, who, trust me, and I think you know this, Simmons can take care of himself. He's not sweating, with all due respect to Pat Maroon, uh, or Corey Perry. He's not sweating either of those guys. What did you think of some of that stuff with Tampa Bay? Because I thought it was like, and remember, I am from Western Canada. Like, you know, I grew up hearing about the new Westminster Bruins in the uh, late 1970s or the Prince Albert Ra- I mean, our police chief played on the PA Raiders. It was like the 10th tuss- toughest guy on that team that year that Dave Manson and Ken Baumgartner were on in the mid-1980s. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind tough hockey, but I, to me that resembled old school, late 80s, early 90s tactics when you got down by four or five goals in a playoff game. I was a little surprised to see that in the here and now, Brian. Uh, that's exactly what happened. It's really not who Tampa is, but, you know, they went old school. They got thumped really good. Uh, I played a few series against the Chicago Blackhawks, and trust me, I wanted to beat them every game. I never wanted to beat them by five. <laughs> you, would have been, you would have been mortified out there to have to go and uh, play that team. But that was the case. Toronto poured it on. Tampa went old school, and uh, they'll reel it back in. I was impressed after the game because, you know, Steven Samkos is a great captain. He comes out. He's completely composed. He's not agitated. He's complimentary of the way Toronto played. Uh, he stated what they needed to do, and he got out of there. Very professional, very impressed by it. Part of the reason why they're the two-time Stanley Cup champions. How your captain reacts and what people see says a lot about your hockey club. They're a buttoned-up hockey club. They had a really bad night. Uh, I'm sure they're chomping at the bit to get back out there and redeem themselves. You drafted them. Are you going to get a chance to draft somebody else here shortly? Am I going to lose you here? Are we going to lose you here in Oilers? You know, we lost Berkey to Pittsburgh. Uh, Are you you going to be leaving us shortly? Uh, uh, I'm trying. It's very competitive out there for various jobs that come up. But, uh, yes, I am seriously considering going back to work for a team. I need a team to seriously consider to hire me. That's all. So I I love being on with you guys. I love – I love what the Edmonton fans bring. It's such a dialed-in fan group. Some people think it's over the top, um, but I just call it passion. Well, it's funny. And, yeah, it's funny, Brian. We, we, you mentioned that. Uh, we're getting a lot of texts on Yes to Pugliarvi. And the fans, because they love him. 
and he had a tough night the other night. He's really had a tough go since he got COVID and then hurt his knee. He just he hasn't had a great second half. People say, yeah, but the numbers this, the numbers that. Ice time is currency for a coach. You know, they need more out of him. Meanwhile, Yamamoto has taken a quantum step forward in the back half of this year. And if you so much as criticize Paul Yarvey a little, the fans, that's, they defend that guy through thick and thin. And it's, it's interesting because they, they don't necessarily, there is a small segment of the, the fan base that will criticize a Leon or Connor. And it's almost like Paul Yarvey right. Nugent Hopkins have a little wider berth, which I find quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, the difference right now between Yamamoto and Pugliarvi is the hockey IQ is significantly stronger in Yamamoto. When I watch their games, I'm not tied to either one. I'll just say what I think about the players. Pugliarvi is the bigger, stronger man. He can really skate. He can shoot. Um, but, you know, that's the difference, particularly this time of year. And it's that's tough if you're going to have Connor McDavid, in my opinion, playing with a guy that I would consider has average hockey IQ. It can get better as you play, but more reps. Whereas Yamamoto, I think he has a better understanding of it, and right now you're kind of seeing the fruits of that understanding show in his play. Not the biggest guy, super competitive, uh, in the right spots, not afraid to play in the greasy areas. Um, Pugliarvi, on the other hand, uh, it wasn't a great. It wasn't a great game for him. That's just the way it is. You got to have accountability at this time of year if you want to go on a deep run. Um, those types of efforts or results are basically only for the elite of the elite that can survive it. But as the Oilers build a more competitive team, the coaching staff has more options, and uh, everybody's got to raise their level. Yamamoto's in the exact same spot. He raised his level. Yes, he Pugliarvi will play again. He needs to raise his level when he gets in there, though. Great stuff, Brian. Much appreciated. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for having me on. You bet. From the NHL Network, former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, started Octagon Player Agency, Brian Lawton for Cadian Custom Built Homes. Check out the Cadian Show Home, the Juliet in Short Park Golf Estates. For more information, head to CadianCustomHomes.com. The injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Trent Brown, he's he's pulling hard for the Oilers. You know a lot. Uh, Edmonton basically completely healthy. Clefbaum uh, obviously LTIR as long along with Terse. Three regulars out for LA, including one of the best defensemen in the league, Drew Doughty, wrist surgery. Sean Walker torn ACL and MCL. That's two right shot D. The play combined 45 minutes. Victor Arvidsson uh, will not play tonight either for LA. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back on 105 Cult of Hockey's David Staples. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.